This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is a presentation of the Red Apple Media Podcast Network. One of the biggest dance crazes of all times. Have you ever heard of Wordle? TikTok, TikTok has taken the world by storm. Social media, attention, alcohol. His dance went so viral. Immediately affecting us because we hear about it. Love you. Bye. Love you. It's the general store. Here's Gina Limberopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of The General Store with me, Gina Bino, because once again, who the hell else would it be? I'm here today with Jake Roberts, not Jake the Sneak Roberts, Jake Roberts. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So today, just so you guys know, uh, just buckle up because we're going to get ready to expose the entire music industry. Oh, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun one. (laughs) Everyone's probably like, what the hell do you mean by that? Who's Jake the Snake Roberts? Who is Jake Roberts? Well, Jake um, has been involved in a lot of the music scene and a lot of the music industry. So you want an inside scoop? We're going to get an inside uh, inside scoop today. So <laughs> Mike's like, can you speak? And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm a podcaster that's incapable of verbally speaking. So anyway, all right. So let's get started. Lay it on me. Oh, my God. All right. So. Let's jump a little bit into what's going on now, just generally in the music scene with, you know, like all the albums that came out in the last year. I'm curious to know what your take is on what's good, what's not good. What, what, are, you, what are you into right now? It's tough because I came from the radio promo world and yeah. record label side. And to blow the roof off of it, for those who don't know, you don't really care too much about what the actual <laughs> content is you're being told to promote. You're just being told, these are the bands we want to push. Mm-hmm. These are the artists. We've got to push them figure out a way to do it. So you kind of try to think about non-traditional marketing, like what kind of music is this? What is their target audience? Right. And if it's EDM, you know what kind of crowd you're going to focus on. If it's like pop music, but kind of dancey, you know, you're going after like the Soul Cycle Barry's Bootcamp crowd. <laughs> um, and if it's rap music, you send your resume out. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, or at least in my case. Um, but yeah, it, It kind of depends on where the state of the music industry is going. And when you Mm. look at right now what is predominantly popular, Mm. and now I feel old. I feel like Pete Portnoy Part 2. How old are you? You're like 24. I'm 24. Exactly. I'm 29. (laughs) I feel like we're about to talk about the latest TikTok drama, which, by the way, Taylor Holder has uh, (laughs) songs coming out. Um, You know more than I do about the TikTokers, for the record, so I don't know how to feel about that. I just like to dance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When you look at where the music industry is going right now, it doesn't feel like anything is particularly new, interesting, Mm. exciting. I feel like that happened in 2015, 2016. You had the rise of Tropical House with Kygo, Thomas Jack. You had, you know, pop is always going to continue to do its same thing, but now the pop and a little bit of hip-hop, they're taking EDM kind of beats. And if you look at Drake's newest album, there's like... (laughs) 
deep house music in there, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> can I curse on this? No, yeah, oh my oh, god, okay. don't hold anyway. back. It's cool. You're cool. You're good. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you see his like his latest songs, and it's deep house music behind. Drake doing whatever he does, which mm. makes him super successful to afford that giant house in Toronto. But it's got a basketball court in it, by the way. Oh my, it must be nice. I wonder if he's good. He was Probably not. Shooting hoops in his uh, <laughs> wheelchair not. and it's <laughs> <a> Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> but on a more serious note, what I found interesting in the past two years is this resurgence of 90s alternative music. Yes, absolutely. And when you look at Olivia Rodrigo and you look at Jaden Hostler and if that's a TikToker too, or <laughs> I don't know if he wants to be a TikToker anymore, but they're all taking 90s like alternative songs that all sound like yeah. what Blink 182, Sum 41, All Time Low, what they all mm. kind of pushed as counterculture, and they're making their songs super light about it. Like, in all honesty, how is a 16 or an 18 year old so angsty, and covered <laughs> in tattoos? I don't understand it. We see their TikToks. Yeah. We know where they live. Mm -hmm. Those are big houses. It all goes back to the marketing aspect of everything, though. Because you have, like you said, the resurgence of 90s alt. And now you have all these TikTokers that are like, hmm, interesting. Like, one or two of the artists that are making it and weaving their way into the, the mainstream. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess you could say Machine Gun Kelly. I don't want to use that as the example. But I, I guess that is a pretty good one to use right now. Because he started that whole, with Travis Barker and everything. And... You know, Travis was an OG punk. I feel like he's a sellout now, but I'm not going to get into that. He was what? The guitarist in... Uh, the drummer. <laughs> Simple Plan? I hope you're kidding. <laughs> I was like, Jake, please. You're killing me here. You know, uh, he's kidding, guys, for the record. <laughs> First and last time I'm on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, Travis Barker brought everything back, and then all of a sudden the TikTokers were like, more so of, that's kind of cool, not really coming from the way of like when Gerard Way started or Haley Williams started or even going all the way back to Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder. Um, so there, it's kind of almost like a trend rather than like an actual aesthetic or a community anymore. So I feel like it's a marketing Yeah, but you thing. would think that the skilled marketers behind whatever major label wanted them due to their notoriety in whatever other field, because let's be real here, is Dixie DeMillo pretty talented? Mm -hmm. No. She just wants to be happy. Is <laughs> yeah, that was too easy. That was a good one. <laughs> Uh, it's not even like she was a good TikToker. Her, yeah. da uh, her daughter, her daughter, <laughs> her, her younger sister, a really good dancer. And what does she do? All of a sudden, she gets featured in a couple of videos. She decides she wants to be a recording artist. Mm -hmm. She dates half of the people in the Sway House. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I want to be a musician, but I don't want it to be doing it with TikTok. And I don't want to be known as a TikToker. It's like, dude, shut up. That's where it came Embrace from. Embrace what catapulted you into right. the public spectrum and use that to your advantage. She signed to uh, Universal. I don't know which I label know, I under so. Universal. I, but got, I gotta double check that. I gotta fact a, check that. But If you're denouncing what made you famous instead of embracing it, yeah. that'd be like Kim Kardashian in the beginning being like, ow, sex is bad. You shouldn't <laughs> videotape yourself. It's like, motherfucker, you fucking, that's how you made your bread. Embrace no, you're right. it. You're, you're right. Like, that's I, what they it's, did. It's true. I mean, like, not, not for nothing, like, going a little bit away from music, even, Charlie D'Amelio and her sister and Dixie both got those the deals with, like, Hollister and their own makeup lines, and now they're, like, trying to act like they were never TikTokers. You started on TikTok. Yeah. That pisses me off more than anything. Do I think it's annoying that everyone's using TikTok as a platform to make people famous now that aren't, like, comedians? Like 
comedians are different. That's a different story. But if you're like just a dancer and all of a sudden you're an actor and a singer, when there's people that are busting their asses every single day of their lives, working and you know constantly spending money and investing time, and then these people are like, whatever, like it's a pretty face yeah. doing a dance. Now they're an actor. Addison Ray, cough, cough. <laughs> Is she even relevant anymore? I don't think so. But I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> But you, it, it's poison. You even look at people like Lauren Gray. Do you know she's a singer? I thought what? she was a TikToker slash model slash influencer of shine bikinis, but apparently... Yeah. And we'll pretend I didn't know that brand off the top <laughs> of my head. But TikTok is such a valuable yeah. platform now, and record labels, they don't... They're like, they've joined mm-hmm. in on it, but if I were them, I'd be scared shitless because... That's doing their radio promo jobs yep. for them. Yep. You know, you have people like Lil Nas X who blew up on TikTok before Ron Perry, mm-hmm. the chairman and CEO of Columbia Records under Sony, he took him from that and yeah. catapulted him further. But Lil Nas X knows, like you can see through all of his content, as weird as it may be, or yep. as niche, or not niche anymore. He's yeah, he's pretty he's pretty, pretty mainstream now. Pretty mainstream to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Um, you see what he's done and how Sony was able to mm-hmm. kind of work in tandem with uh, TikTok yeah. to do that. And it's a huge success. Right. Whereas you look at Pick a TikToker, I'm sure they've all come out with songs at this point. Are their songs really any good? <laughs> no. No, they're terrible. Yeah. So. It's terrible. But yeah, no, like you were saying before, though, with like even little like even Doja Cat's another example. She was like a, a shit poster before she was a, like a Grammy award winning artist. Now, I'm not knocking her. I love Doja Cat. Don't get me wrong. But that to me, even so, like she wasn't really like there's different. OK, I don't know how to explain this without sounding like an asshole, but there's different <laughs> levels of Internet fame prior to being an artist, I guess. And I feel like Doja Cat made her name for herself kind of in the way that Tyler, the creator did. Like it's like a yes. different route. Like, you started from doing, like, your crazy psychoticness, and then you turned yourself into an artist. Mine, it, so, on the other end, with, like, Dixie and Addison and Lauren and all these people, it's a little different, where it was just like, hey, I'm going to post this, go viral, and now I'm a superstar. Now I'm just remembering the say so. Oh. Didn't need to know those. Yeah. I mean, she blew up after that, though, you know? Yeah, and, totally. Which is crazy, too, because that goes back to marketing, because that was the same TikTokers that are now artists now were the ones using her song. Oh, 100%. They were all feeding off of each other. Let's get into the real real shit here, because I know that you used to work for, well, you worked, what, one or two labels? I know you worked a couple places. I actually got my foray into the music business as a co-founder of the first electronic dance music magazine in America. Yeah, Electro Daily. It's uh, still around today, but we we sold it, um, which makes sense. That's why we're co-workers. Got it. Makes sense. (laughs) Um, But when I was 16 years old... I heard influences in this kind of underground scene Mm. that I was like, wait a minute. I hear New Order and I hear Depeche Mode in these songs. And this random guy from Sweden is doing a Eurythmics remix. They're they're going after 80s music. And then you hear other stuff and you're like, wait, this sounds kind of poppy. And then you see like Justice, these two French dudes um, who are pretty cool. Although they're kind of defunct now, right? Yeah. Um, but um, they were doing remixes of Metallica songs. That is sick. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. If these DJs are remixing songs that are popular from every generation, their target market is bigger than anything else. Right. You know, all you need to do now is have like a DJ remix a country music song and forget it. Game over. So yeah. did that. 
Um, then sold it in college. My first job after college was at United Talent Agency. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of the big talent agencies. I worked in the music department there. Um, okay. Learned very quickly uh, that being a music agent was not about music per se. Yeah. It was very much ticket count and looking at artists like dollar signs. Wow. And figuring out how you can route tours around maximizing monet- the monetization of their content. Wow. Which it was a little disheartening for me. And I mean, I won't mention any names of who I worked for, but uh, <laughs> he uh, he uh, really embodied that Ari Gold character a little oh bit. But now God. I have cat-like reflexes. You try to throw a, a stapler <laughs> at me or or a, a Mont Blanc pen. He was very fond of those. Those are heavy. Oh my! There's God. a reason why those are four thousand dollars or whatever they are. It's because those things got some weight to them. Oh my and God. when they get whizzed at your head, <laughs> you know, you got to learn. You got to either duck or go to the kitchen and get some ice afterwards. Oh, my but, God. Uh, tea? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was it was all in uh, not so good fun. Um, you can look back at it and laugh good now. fun wiping tears. Yeah, exactly. You cry out of just pure like futile <laughs> that's a word um but wow. after that yeah then i went to republic records yeah and worked in the radio promo there um the radio promo department that was that was my first like foray into mm-hmm. the actual music business because i don't think touring it is an integral part of the business right but it doesn't have to do with the actual content mm-hmm. and the actual music that artists are producing and bringing them to the masses. You're taking the data from the record labels and trying to route tours based on where they're most popular. So under Republic, I was in charge of two bands. I had Mondo Cosmo, which I feel Mm. like you might appreciate Uh, them a little bit. I do. Um, And Greta Van Fleet. Oh my God! Okay, time out. Guys, for the record, this is the first time I'm hearing this. I love Greta Van Fleet. That's crazy. Yeah, I actually, I'll show you afterwards. I have videos of their showcase that we did on the Lower East Side at this uh, little place called Berlin. Yeah. Oh my God, that's it was, sick. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I was doing shots with, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, Pete, the the bassist from um, Fall Out Boy. Pete Once. Yes, Pete Oh Wentz. my God. He's, by the way, he's your height. He's I know, he's really small. Well, I mean, you're like normal height for a girl and whatever, but like <laughs> I'm I'm 6'1 and change and I'm like towering over this guy and I'm like, damn man, you're so fucking cool, but like <laughs> I got a foot on you. <laughs> that is so sick. Oh my God. But um, yeah, so that was an interesting time. It was a lot of fun to basically be faced with the challenges of... Here are two unknown bands, because actually Mondo Cosmo Mm. was signed to Republic, then they were dropped, and then they were brought back, like, four years later. Um, And you have to study this kind of music, like, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe the bands that you're trying to promote the hell out of, and then you have to go after either radio stations, you have to go after... If you want to do non-traditional now nowadays it would be you know fitness classes um the dsps wow. this was like pre-dsp kind of so it was mm-hmm. before spotify title apple music that kind of stuff um and you you just have to figure out creative ways to get people to listen to the music and hope and pray that they like it wow and um it's it was fun until um <laughs> Until it wasn't. 
and then went back to the talent agency side and started representing some DJs. Wow. Realized that um, unless you have an Alesso or or uh, a Swedish House Mafia, you better like ramen with hot sauce. Um, <laughs> Not Calvin Harris, no one talking. Yeah, right? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, you... Agents get 10% of, of bookings. Wow. So you book a DJ oh at a freaking club for 300 bucks. That's 30 bucks. So I that's hope you like the so subway because it's not covering your Uber. Wow. Yeah, that's doing nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I went to uh, another independent record label under Sony. Mm-hmm. It was a joint venture called Loyalty. And there we represented a handful of producers, one of which was actually Lil Nas, Lil Nas X's producer. Wow. So yeah, it was... It was a cool ride, but during the pandemic on TikTok, because I <laughs> eat, sleep, and breathe that and dance to it all the time, um, and love the drama and the goss, <laughs> the tea. Um, Great. <laughs> I, even though I'm kind of too old for it. Uh, it's fine. Shout out to my Dave Portnoy friend. Um, <laughs> one bite, everybody knows the dance. Oh um, my God. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Perfect. Um, <laughs> as long as someone is not heckling me in Greenport. Um, <laughs> but, You're on a roll today. Yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that, uh, that's that's that uh, cup of coffee I had. Thank you, Christides, our sponsor. <laughs> Everybody from the age of 13 to like 18, because that's, you know, <laughs> most of the people who are posting on TikTok yep. and getting traction as opposed to like 40-year-olds doing dances and you're just like, ah. The only 40-year-olds that get traction are the ones that are like, this is my dad. He's alone today on his birthday. Give him some love. And it's the 13-year-old that already had traction. That is so. not the 40-year-olds I see on there, but it's okay, you know? <laughs> we have two different For You pages. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, no, I noticed that everybody was really into politics. Mm. So I was like, as a marketer, like you got to find what the people like and then figure out how to monetize the content that the people are consuming. Mm-hmm. So obviously it was this no-brainer for me to come here Yeah, uh, at Red Apple Media where they have music, they have politics, they have everything. And it's a great company and everybody who works here is really talented, smart, and hardworking. Jake's and trying to get the raise great. right now. Jake is the reason I'm even here in the first place, just for the record, because Jake... <laughs> did the interviews for me and when I first started here I was Jake's assistant and now I'm here and now Jake is on my show so life has officially come full circle for me yep I went from (laughs) trying to be your boss to now trying to be on your show this is great (laughs) oh my god please don't don't let him fool you I asked him (laughs) so (laughs) potential there's potential here um Uh, but yeah but no no I guess I know that you have a lot of the marketing side of memories and, and everything like that, but I know that you have some really cool ones too because I, you've told me about some of them. Cough, Justin. Uh. <laughs> oh, the, the Justin Bieber story? Justin Bieber, Ariana. There's so many. You have so many stories and you're holding back. I know that you are right now. It was interesting. At uh, Universal Music Group, um, even though I was at uh, Republic Records, the marketing department, not radio promo because each label has different promotions departments, but the mm. overall marketing department overseas um interscope def jam um republic and carolines which yeah. is people hey, it's an up and coming label or so they say for the past 10 years <laughs> um, <laughs> so they say i was in this meeting and i wasn't really sure what it was about i was an assistant to the uh the president of republic records mm-hmm. one of his assistants and he just stopped by and was like to my cubicle and he was like, yo, come with me to this meeting now. And I was like, okay, 
quickly grab my papers and everything like that. I go into the conference room. Who is in the conference room? Oh, my God. A 5'8", blonde-haired Canadian man sitting next to... Or child. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting next to a slightly older man with black kind of curly oh, hair and I was like holy shit that's Scooter Braun <gasps> and then I was like wait a minute that's Justin Bieber oh my god and um, it was a meeting about the new release that was going to come out and we were all like oh we can't wait to hear it and I'm like sitting there just like what the fuck I'm in the room <laughs> with Justin Bieber that's yeah. fucking cool like yeah. I, I might not enjoy his music so much yet but i was like wait a minute (laughs) this is awesome all of a sudden like there's just general chit chat and justin literally goes everybody shut up you gotta hear this i can't wait anymore and he takes out his phone mind Mm -hmm. you he pulls up it's not it's like a music file so he's Mm. like trying to figure it out he opens up his email he's like doing this scooter is just like do you need help do you need help we're all like do you need help because you know (laughs) we're in the business of kissing artists ass (laughs) and he starts playing the intro of what do you mean and we're all just like oh my god this is dancey but uh how's he gonna butcher it with the lyrics oh my god and all of a sudden he starts coming in the what do you mean when you're not oh my god we were all all of us in the room must have looked like a kid the first time they walk into like the Wonka factory or something. <laughs> we were all just like, oh my God. Justin got on the table, started dancing. We were all like, fuck yeah, like hyping him up. Yeah. <laughs> he starts like running around the office too. We were all so hyped. It was so much fun. Oh my God, that's so sweet. And yeah, it was, it was a good time, but he's signed to Def Jam so it's not mm-hmm. like I could do anything with it I, just, <laughs> I was just there like yeah this is sick man I can't wait That's to hear it such a sick experience though. I can't even admit you, so you're one of the first people to hear one of the biggest songs of all time and you also worked with one of the freaking craziest metalheads of all time Axl Rose yes that was at uh, that was at UTA um, crazy they represent Guns N' Roses. And this was mm-hmm. right before they went on their first tour back since I think it was 1986 mm-hmm. when they were playing Giants I remember because we were we were routing the tours and one of the stops was at Giants Stadium and that was such an iconic performance and you know as a talent agency assistant like Mm. you're full on doing admin tests you listen in on all your boss's calls Mm. and you take notes and then you do all the action steps minus negotiating the contracts so you're sending out the emails and you obviously are just like CCing your boss so that your boss knows it's being sent out but it's a it's it's kind of a grind you're 24-7 um but I'll never forget the like the phone is ringing one day, and I think it was like, it was like a Wednesday morning or something like that. And Wednesday morning in music is like Wednesday at like eleven forty-five in the morning. Right. And I like pick up the phone, and I'm like, beep beep beep's office. I won't say who <laughs> beep, it beep, is. Beep. If you've got Polestar or IMDb Pro or something like that, you'll figure out who. This <laughs> um, I pick up the phone, and I'm like, beep beep beep's office, <laughs> as one assistant does every day and all of a sudden I hear put on the phone (laughs) and like they train you as a talent agent to be like one moment please you put it on hold and then you ask your boss would you like to take the call because sometimes they don't want to take calls for Mm -hmm. whatever reason or from whatever person and there's always a method to the madness I will give them that they're all very strategic but he was like 
He gave me the sign, like, do not take, like, I'm, I'm not here. Yeah. So I got back and I was like, hi, Axel. <laughs> is not here right now. I don't have him. I think he went to the kitchen. Can I have him return your call? He was like, fuck you, you <laughs> fucking pig. And I was like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And he was like, I don't understand. He went on a whole rant. He was like, uh, the agencies, you guys are a bunch of flesh peddler scumbag motherfuckers. And I'm there just like. I don't know if this is super cool because, like, <laughs> one of the coolest rock stars of all time is basically telling me to go fuck myself for not putting his call through. I would have made it my ringtone. But, like, at the end, <laughs> no, I didn't record that. But, and then, and like, in my head, I'm like, this is awesome. That's, like, 80%. And then 20% is like, Aww. Oh, he hates me. <laughs> There's someone out there who's, like, passionately, like, not pleased with me right now. <laughs> And he, j I just kept saying, like, I'm sorry I don't have him right now. Like a robot. I'm sorry I don't have him right now. And I'd have to wait until he was done with the rants. Right. And, of course, you're a human being, so you hear everything they're oh, saying. Lord. And it was, like, in between the racial slurs and the personal <laughs> attacks. He had no idea. He never met me before. He doesn't live in New York. And they're just like, <sighs> another day. Yeah, another day, another Another day, axle. another $14 an hour. Love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Before taxes. <laughs> oh my god, that is insane, though. Oh yeah. my god, I want to be cursed out by Axl Rose. That'd be a fantastic experience, I think, on my end. You know what? The actually, I didn't even tell you this part. Um, I feel like I've I've said this story to you before, but um, the kicker of this whole story is, I saw I went. Obviously, we we got there. We got tickets to their show. We got house seats mm -hmm. for free because we represent the band, and I'm. At Giant Stadium, granted they're not front row or back row. What people don't realize is uh, front row or like backstage. Yeah. I'm I'm not his agent. I was lucky to get a seat in the nosebleeds. But as they start performing, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, "You fat sucker! Your voice sucks." <laughs> <laughs> like I took I took your shit for nothing. You suck. Oh my God. <laughs> you might as well stand up there and lip sing. It wasn't even Slash. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I feel like I, I never actually got to speak directly to Slash because I feel like he's a man of very few words. Yeah. But then you read his book and he's very insightful about mm -hmm. about his life and his career and all of what took him to where he was when right. the book was written, which I feel like was like in 2011 or something like mm -hmm. that. But I'm like, I'd much rather get like cursed out by like Duff or something like that. <laughs> It'd be cooler. Oh, my God. Uh, at least someone who still plays. You ended up meeting him, though. And yeah. all of them. Well, just Axel, at least. I mean, you end up meeting them, and they, like, put on, like, first they pretend they don't know who you are, and you're like, hey, it's Jake. And they're like, your voice does sound familiar. I'm like, yeah, you told me to go fuck myself a couple <laughs> days ago. Um, I actually had a funny story with that at the uh, the PNC Festival uh, with Cousin Brucie. Oh, my God. Um, not, I love not, Cousin Brucie. <laughs> not, not in the same vein as this, but... Every because cousin Brucey is such an integral part mm -hmm. of of WABC. Yeah, I I know you speak to him on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. I speak to him on the phone all the time too, and I know his voice. I know his face. We've we've got a cutout of him. We're here. staring we've at got him right now. Videos of him everywhere. He's great, mm -hmm. but he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> you know, I'm just a voice at the end yeah. of of that or an email coming in. Exactly. And I was backstage at PNC, and I I, I went up to him. I was like. Cousin, how are you? And he was just like, who are you? I was like, it's me, it's Jake. And he was like, hey, how are you? 
All right, guys. Part two is coming soon for sure because I know that Jake has a lot more stories um, that it can go into a lot more than 20 minutes. So, And this podcast definitely won't show up in all of your Google SEO and uh, <laughs> marketing emails and, and Instagram suggested and TikTok suggested because I'm in it. Definitely no, not. No, definitely not. No, no, no of no. course. All right. Yeah, we're going to leave it there, guys. I will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. As always, follow my social medias, uh, General Store Pod on everything, G-L-N-A-B-I-N-A on Twitter, Gina.Bina on Instagram. Jake, you can plug your socials before we go, too. Oh, that's okay, because I'm not famous or anything, but also buy Gina's merch. Yeah, buy my merch. Oh, my God. Merch coming soon this week. (laughs) Go buy it. Yeah, it'll be on our socials. All right. I'll catch you guys later. Bye.